Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our all 32 NFL team previews for the upcoming 2023 fantasy football season. Today, we are finishing up our stay in the AFC East with the shocking last place team in the AFC East, the New England Patriots. Now, this was not a good offense in 2022, but they've made some changes in personnel and in coaching that make them kind of an intriguing offense for fantasy purchase. And we're going to take a look at it. We're going to look at what the Patriots offense did in 2022, and then we're going to break down each position from this offense and evaluate where they stand from a fantasy perspective heading into the 2023 season in Dynasty, Redraft, and Best Ball Leagues. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. You'll be notified when new episodes drop and hit the like button. It really helps me out a lot. If you're listening to the podcast on audio form, please rate and review. Again, really helps me out a lot. Now, we're going to talk about best ball drafts here on this episode. If you're a first-time user, I recommend trying out best ball on Underdog. It's a great platform to play best ball on. And you can use my promo code MCONLY88 to get your first deposit matched up to $100. Link is in the description on YouTube. It is also pinned to my Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. All right. Enough with the introduction, let's go ahead and talk about the New England Patriots. But first, let's get a quick word from our friends at Spotify. In 2022, the New England Patriots were not a great offense. They ranked 26th in the league in yards per game and 17th in points per game. The kind of gap between those two stats is a big indicator that the Patriots scored a lot of points on defense and special teams. They had some returns for touchdowns on the defensive side and from the special teams perspective as well. So they were just not a great offense. And I mean, really, they just... I don't know. They weren't set up to be a great offense. I, I don't think they had the best coaches in place for this offense in the last two seasons for the start of Mac Jones's career. Now, in terms of like a tempo perspective and a play calling perspective, they ranked 28th in total plays run, meaning like they really weren't in a hurry to play offense, which kind of vibes with the you know, the general lack of success of it. Um, and then they also ranked 16th in rush rate, which means that their play calling, it was pretty much league average in terms of rush and pass. They ranked 17th in pass rate. So they were just right there in the middle in terms of run versus pass discrepancy. Now, the team did hire Bill O'Brien to be their new offensive coordinator for the 2023 season. Now, we don't know exactly how this is going to play out, but we can think back to what we know about Bill O'Brien offenses, starting with his time in the early 2010s with the New England Patriots, and then his head coaching stint at Penn State, and then with the Houston Texans, and then back at Alabama for the last two seasons. Now, the kind of moral of the story for all the Bill O'Brien offenses is that he features one back and throws to that back quite a lot. And they also have a heavy use of tight ends. Now, when he was with the Texans, they didn't use tight ends as much because they didn't really have a great one. Now, there was one that was still on the field more often than not, but they didn't really like utilize a tight end like they did in his early time with the Patriots or in his time at Penn State. So really, what I think it boils down to is when if he's got his guys He's going to find a way to use his guys, and he's going to give them plenty of usage and plenty of opportunity. It explains why they feature primarily one back. It explains why you know they use the tight end position. When they had good tight ends, that's what he's going to use is, is their good players. So I, I really think that those are two things to kind of keep in mind when you look at this Patriots offense and what it can do heading into the 2023 season. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the quarterback position for New England. So Mac Jones is the starter in New England, and he is entering his third year in the NFL. He finished 2022 as quarterback 27 in fantasy points per game. Now, 
I also think fantasy points per game for quarterbacks is a little bit of a flawed stat. If a guy leaves a game early or enters a game very late, it can kind of skew that number a little bit, especially considering there's not a huge number of games. So if you remove the one game that he did not finish, his average would jump from 12.9 fantasy points per game to 13.9, which would be good for quarterback 24, which is not a whole lot better. But it is on par with his rookie season where he did average 14 fantasy points per game and finish as QB 25. So in his two years as an NFL starting quarterback, Mac Jones has pretty much been quarterback 25 both years. Now, I do think it's worth noting that Deshaun Watson had a lot of success in fantasy with Bill O'Brien as his play caller. Deshaun Watson had three top five finishes at the start of his career in that Bill O'Brien offense in Houston. So, I mean... I think you can attribute a little bit of that to Deshaun's ability, especially his ability as a runner, and I think he's a better quarterback than Mac Jones, but I do think that the Bill O'Brien system is definitely more quarterback-friendly than the previous system that he was playing in with um, Matt Patricia calling the offensive plays. So the bottom line for the quarterback position for New England next year is that in fantasy, there are other options with more legitimate upside than Mac Jones. Like, I don't have a problem with Mac Jones as like a bi-week fill-in or, you know, in best ball, I think he's a very cheap stacking option. You can get him, you know, close to the end of drafts and just very quickly pair him with a wide receiver or a tight end or a running back and boom, there's a little mini stack. I, I, I like him for that purpose. But for season-long fantasy, this guy's going to be available on the waiver wire. And if you need him as a bi-week fill-in, just pick him up when you need him and, and start him and then drop him right after. I, I don't... I just think that there's a lot of other guys at the position that have a lot more upside, a lot cleaner path to being a top 10 or a top five quarterback than Mac Jones does. He's giving me nothing in his early career that has indicated that he's going to be that guy. Is the system more friendly? Yes. Is the personnel around him better? Yes. But do I still think he's that guy? Probably not. So Mac Jones is not in my top 25 quarterbacks, but I do think he is a worthwhile bi-week fill-in, but definitely a viable stacking option in best ball. All right, that does it for the quarterback position. So let's go ahead and talk some running backs. So at the running back position, the Patriots had a little bit of a two-headed monster going on. The first head of that monster was Ramondre Stevenson, who was great last season. He was one of the best draft picks you could have had in all fantasy football last year. Ramondre Stevenson finished last year as running back seven overall and running back 10 in fantasy points per game. And that was with you know, kind of a few nicks on his resume. He was not a feature back in weeks one and two. He was just a part-time player and he left a game early in week 14. So you're kind of looking at three games that really brought his average down and he's still running back 10 in fantasy points per game. A big reason for his productivity was Stevenson's use in the passing game. He accumulated 89 targets on the season, which ranks third among running backs. Does anybody care to guess the two running backs he was behind? You probably would be able to. It was Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey. And Ramondre Stevenson was third. It's a good sign. Anytime you're in the same sentence as those two guys, that's a good sign. Now, Ramondre Stevenson did rank 12th in the league with a 65% snap share and 16th in the league with a 63% opportunity share. Now, Ramondre, in terms of weekly finishes, finished in the top 10 weekly running back seven times. 
After week two, after he became a full-time player, he only had two finishes outside the top 25 in games that he finished. So Ramondre, once he became a full-time player, was a guy with a very high floor and who also displayed a high ceiling. Now, the Patriots did have four weeks where two of their running backs finished in the top 30, so there is a pathway for two backs to have success in this New England Patriots offense. Damian Harris finished as running back 48 overall, and it was largely because of his use in the red zone. He finished 2021 significantly better than this, and it was because of all the touchdowns that he scored. And so he was like everybody's touchdown regression candidate heading into 2022. And so that kind of panned out, but his usage in the red zone did make him a viable back to use in certain situations in fantasy. So the bottom line for the Patriots backfield is that I don't necessarily know what this backfield is going to look like. I know they have Ramondre Stevenson. Right now, he would be a feature back and an undisputed workhorse on this team. What I don't know is, do they add another running back? You know, they've been linked to Ezekiel Elliott. They've been linked to Dalvin Cook. Do they end up signing one of those guys? I don't know. But what I do know is this. Ramondre Stevenson, if they do not sign another running back, is a bona fide top 10 running back with running back one overall upside. Even if they do sign another running back, I think that Ramondre still has a pathway to a top 10 finish because he's going to get a lot of work in the passing game and because I think that the whoever is signed is going to be used more sparingly than Ramondre Stevenson, put it that way. And, and I think the fact that Bill O'Brien likes to stick with run, one running back, it might actually lean a little bit more in Ramondre's favor in that regard. So thinking about kind of the mean outcome here, Ramondre Stevenson is my running back eight for the 2023 season. And I will say personally, Ramondre Stevenson is a guy I have drafted a lot in best ball leagues because he does have that high weekly ceiling because of his use in the passing game. All right, that does it for the running back position. Let's go ahead and talk about some wide receivers. So wide receiver has been a pretty bleak spot for the New England Patriots. Uh, From a pure roster construction standpoint, this has been a spot that they've kind of missed on in the last few years. They haven't really gotten a lot of talent at this position. They haven't really paid anybody a whole lot at this position. So the production hasn't been there because they haven't prioritized it. Jacoby Myers has operated as the Patriots wide receiver one in each of the last two seasons. He finished as wide receiver 35 in 2021 and wide receiver 29 last year. Both of those numbers are in fantasy points per game. Now, last season, Jacoby Myers had a pretty big target share. He had a 22% target share, and he did operate primarily out of the slot. He was one of the league's leaders in snaps from the slot position. Now, in terms of weekly finishes, Myers had some hits and misses. He had five weekly top 20 finishes and eight weekly finishes outside of the top 30, which, if you're doing the math, also means that he had four finishes in the 20 to 30 range. So he just was okay last year. Like He wasn't great. was nothing spectacular, but he just kind of got the job done in fantasy if you just rolled with him week in and week out. Now, other Patriots wide receivers, that includes Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, who is a real person, unlike that one girl on TikTok, what she claims. If you don't know, just look up that Nelson Aguilar video. Anyway, Tyquan Thornton and Kendrick Bourne, that list of four receivers, they combined for seven weekly top 20 finishes, with Parker and Thornton being the only ones with multiple top 20 finishes. Parker's wide receiver two overall performance in week 18 was the best by a Patriots wide receiver in any of the last three seasons, which in case you were counting, has been since Tom Brady left. Now, no Patriots receiver outside of Jacoby Myers commanded over a 15% target share, and it's not shocking when you consider that the Patriots targeted the wide receiver position at the eighth lowest rate in the NFL last season. So the bottom line for the wide receiver position is that I've been talking all about Jacoby Myers, but Jacoby Myers isn't a New England Patriot anymore. He's a Las Vegas Raider. 
The guy that they signed is Juju Smith-Schuster, who's a very talented player who we've seen be a productive fantasy wide receiver. We've also seen seasons where Juju operated primarily out of the slot. So if Juju Smith-Schuster takes the Jacoby Myers role, takes the 22% target share, takes the primary slot role in this offense, and it's as effective as it was last season, Juju Smith-Schuster can easily produce a top 30 season. Like that's not out of the realm of possibility. If he is just Jacoby Myers, he's wide receiver 29, and I'm absolutely okay with that. Now, the rest of the Patriots wide receiver depth chart is kind of a mess. They did give a long-term deal to Devontae Parker, so I would think they would prioritize playing him just a little bit. Um, And then Tyquan Thornton is entering his second year out of Baylor, and he was a kind of promising prospect coming into the NFL. I kind of would think that they would roll with him a little bit. And then also they drafted rookie Kayshawn Boutte out of LSU, who is supremely talented, but also has a lot of issues. Um, So I kind of think that the rest of this wide receiver room, I'm not really willing to bet on anybody else except for Juju Smith-Schuster right now. And so Juju, like I said, clearly has a path to be a top 30 wide receiver. I think this offense means that he does lack the upside to be a top 10 or top five fantasy wide receiver. So Juju Smith-Schuster is my wide receiver 43 for 2023. And like Ramondre Stevenson, this is a guy that I have a lot of in best ball leagues right now because he's very affordable and I think he's very easily going to outproduce his price tag. You know, you might be sitting there thinking, wait a minute, you know, that sounds kind of low, wide receiver 43. I promise when you go look at the wide receiver lists, like there's... I really like ranking on upside, and so there's a lot of guys in front of him that I just think have more legitimate paths to finishing as a top 10 wide receiver than he does, but I definitely think that Juju's median outcome is a lot better than a lot of guys, and so I think that price tag of wide receiver 43, and I think he's even cheaper than that on some sites right now, I think it's a very reasonable price, and Juju is a guy that I have a lot of in best ball leagues. All right, that does it for the wide receiver position. Let's go ahead and talk about some tight ends. So the New England Patriots utilized 12 personnel, which is one running back and two tight ends, quite a lot last season. It was at one of the highest rates in the season, or highest rates in the NFL last season. And it was largely because of the unproductivity of their wide receiver room. I just don't think that they really trusted putting a whole lot of wide receivers out on the field. And so that they kind of just went with playing two tight ends a lot. It's just kind of what they did. Hunter Henry finished his tight end 22. And Johnny Smith finished his tight end 47. Hunter Henry did have six weekly top 15 finishes, which is a pretty good start. And Hunter Henry also had a better year in Mac Jones's rookie year. He was tight end 15 in 2021. So I definitely do think there's a little bit of rapport, a little bit of chemistry with Mac Jones and Hunter Henry. And the Patriots also added another tight end, Mike Gesicki, from Miami in the offseason. If you remember Mike Gesicki in Miami, he was a guy that once Mike McDaniel came over was utilized like not at all because Mike McDaniel didn't trust him as a blocker. And so he just didn't play him, didn't really use him a whole lot. And so I do think this is a pretty good spot for Mike Gesicki to go to a team that has used two tight ends in the past. And knowing how Bill O'Brien operates, if the guy is not a good blocker, Bill O'Brien's not going to ask him to block. He's going to put guys in situations that they're comfortable doing. And I do think that both these Patriots tight ends are going to play a lot of snaps. So the bottom line for the Patriots tight end room is that it would not shock me to see either Patriots tight end finish inside the top 15 at the end of the season. That's Gesicki and Henry. I think both of them have a very easy pathway to doing so in a passing offense that's going to throw to them quite a lot. But right now, it's a very difficult situation to project. We don't know if Gesicki is going to be this guy that lines up all over the field in the slot, out wide, whatever, and the Patriots just use a lot. We don't know if you know, Gesicki's going to beat out Henry as an inline tight end. And, and, you know, Gesicki's going to be the only one playing. We don't really know what's going to happen. So it's kind of hard to project right now. All of the word coming out of camp 
kind of does indicate that two like two things predominantly. One, Mike Gesicki is lining up all over the place. How much he's playing, we don't know. But we do know he's lining up at places other than inline tight end. The second thing is that Mac Jones and Hunter Henry have a lot of chemistry. And Hunter Henry has apparently been very productive in training camp so far. So I wouldn't put it past either guys to finish in the top 15 tight ends. But again, to kind of you know say the same thing that I said about Juju Smith-Schuster, I don't think the construction of this offense and how much points they're going to score gives either of them a very easy path to being a top 10 tight end or a top five tight end. So I think they're both draftable, especially in best ball leagues where all it would take is, you know, them falling into the end zone and you've got a successful week. But I just think that the lack of true upside and the unpredictability of the situation makes it really hard to draft either of these guys too highly. And so right now, Mike Gesicki is my tight end 18, and Hunter Henry is my tight end 26 heading into the 2023 season. All right, that does it for the New England Patriots. 2023 fantasy football team preview. If you're watching on YouTube and you like what you saw, please subscribe to the channel and please hit the like button. It really shows me a lot of support. I, I really does help me out. I really do appreciate it. I cannot stress that enough. If you're listening to the audio form on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else, please rate and review. Again, it really helps me out. It really shows me a lot of support and, and I really do appreciate it. You guys are the best. If you heard me talk about best ball drafts and you want to try it out, try it out on underdog. You can use my promo code to get your first deposit matched up to $100. And if you heard all this information, you're like, where can I get all that for all the NFL teams in one place? Head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. My rankings and my draft guide are available on there. I'm working to get them updated um, kind of on a daily basis, um, but you head over there. It's $3 a month. It's much cheaper than other premium fantasy football sites, and it's much che- cheaper than going out and buying a magazine either. So um, head on over there if you want that. Now, we've finished up our stay in the AFC East, so if you subscribe, you'll be notified when the next episode drops, which is the Minnesota Vikings. Now, hopefully I was able to give you guys some information that will help you know where and when to draft these New England Patriots in redraft best ball and dynasty leagues. If you made it this far, thank you guys for watching and listening, and I will see you next time.